4: It's not human
1: intelligence! If someone doesn't value logical consistency, what logical argument are you going
2: to give them that will demonstrate that they should?
0: Hello and welcome to The Godless Revolution. Today is Monday, April 1st. It's April Fool's Day. I keep forgetting Gotcha. That. Gotcha. Gotcha. Oh, I need to start the timer, Ryan's pointing at me. And I'm trying to wrist. be all
2: nonchalant I about know. it. you got to vocalize it. Now you're embarrassing me.
0: Well, we're on we're on video,
2: and so you're doing this, and people are going to know. <laughs> yeah, but it's over. You, you can't, can't see, it on the can't video. see me. Can't see it. Oh. I remember going, I went down to the oh, basement. I can't see what you're yeah. seeing. So
1: I, <laughs> I went down to my basement this morning and I told my wife, I'm like, honey, I don't know how to tell you this, but I'm pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, really? I'm like, that's the best I can
0: come up with. Get the, I hate this fucking day. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I do too. Like anything I see online, I'm like, I don't know that I can believe that. It sounds bullshit. And, and I had comp- two companies send me fucking stupid shit for April Fool's oh. Day. One of them was Jabra. Like I, I, you know, I have my Jabra headphones, so I get emails from them and they, they were introducing the duo, the Jabra duo, where it's basically a set of headphones with a a larger band that you, you can share with a friend. So one's got it over here and their heads are together and Uh, and I'm like, yeah, and I'm not going to like, (laughs) obviously that's bullshit. But then there were, I don't know, I can't remember what the other ones
2: were. I don't think it's. It's funny for corporations to be doing that to sending out emails because if people take it serious, I mean, I know it's meant as a joke. It's supposed to be lighthearted. April fools, whatever. Yeah. The only one that I like that does it is
1: Think Geek. Like, every year they come out with a fake product, but they actually end up selling it, too. Like, they came out with, like, unicorn meat one
0: year. Oh, oh like, yeah. And then the end, it was, like, Spam, spam right? with, with, like, glitter uh, in it and stuff. Yeah. And
1: you, they came out with the, the Tauntaun sleeping bag where the zipper is a lightsaber. <laughs> <laughs> and they actually came out with it. I'm like, well, fuck. Okay, great. You keep know? doing that
0: shit. That's kind of cool. See, that is cool, though. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought of the... Oh, the other one was... There's a little mouse thing that I bought, or, well, Tracy... Got it on Kickstarter a while back called Swift Point. It's just this teeny tiny little mouse that I use for work and stuff. And so I get emails from them with different products associated with this teeny tiny little mouse. And so today they sent out ones with like new accessories for your Swift Point. And it was like a corkscrew and scissors or a bottle opener or stuff. And it's like, that's just dumb. You're You're wasting my time. Yeah. Be more creative or actually come out with something like would be kinda like that. Look <laughs> like at bottle opener, I do not want that. Yeah. <laughs> give me a product
1: that I'd really want. And yeah, then, make then that not fake. give it to me. And then not give it to me. Yeah. That's a good way of making people demand your shit. <laughs> you know.
0: Um what do you guys been doing for the last little bit? We didn't have a show last week because of stuff. Yeah, your your house was because
2: reasons. I got stuck up in Idaho. Oh yeah.
0: Well the yeah, park. you weren't
2: gonna be able to make it here. Oh and, yeah, I wasn't yeah. I didn't get so the funny thing is on the way up I thought he said to go towards Idaho Falls. He meant, uh, no, you mean no, it the other way. He said, no, you thought it, he meant <clears> twin falls, <throat> twin falls, <throat> not Idaho falls. Uh-huh. So I started driving towards twin falls and I finally get the address and I'm like, yeah, that's an opposite direction. I got to go the
0: opposite <laughs> way. Oh dude, I'm, I'm on Google maps from the time I back out of the driveway. <laughs> well,
2: so I was like like going to work. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like 45 minutes late. So then, on the way home, we had been there for a while. We were there; took things took longer than expected. Hmm. Coming back, I'm like halfway home, stopped at a gas station. With my buddy, he's, did you go to Lava? Hmm? No, go- <laughs> but he had blood sugar issues. Like it is not; he's not a full blown diabetic. He just knows, hey, I need to get some orange juice in me. My hmm. blood sugar's low. Yeah. So I stopped at a gas station, did that, and I'm getting back in the car, and I see my other buddy called, who was driving as well. I was like, hey. Like so, yeah, you won't believe it. I I'm, I drove to Canada. I'm like, haha, funny, funny. You're making fun of me for getting lost early. He's like, no, I just drove. 100- I'm at the Canadian border. He goes, he goes, <laughs> goes. No, we just passed a, st- a sign saying we're about to enter Yellowstone National Park. He goes, I've been driving 90 miles an hour for the past hour in the wrong fucking direction. Yeah, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> what is wrong with you, people who don't use the GPS everywhere? That's what I said. I'm like, did you go under the overpass and get on the freeway? He's like, no, I just got right on the freeway. I for saw him. I'm like, yeah, you went north instead of south on I-15 <laughs> or 84 or whatever. He's like, yeah, I figured that out now.
0: <laughs> yeah, I I have always had a weird. I get turned around really easy, especially when I'm not in Utah. Oh like if Jesus! Any traveling anywhere outside of Utah? Oh yeah. Like... Okay, which way's west? Yeah, like if Fuck, I don't, I don't know. if I don't have the mountains as a reference to let me know, you know, the big mountains are in the east, the smaller mountains are in the west. If I'm between the two, I'm heading north or south. Heading at the big mountains, I'm going east. <laughs> heading at the little mountains, I'm going west. If I yeah, if I am anywhere else, I get turned around so
2: fucking easy. And if it's dark and I can't see the mountains, I get turned around really easy. I just know when there's a sign for the when you go on the freeway, yeah. it has an N or an S or a W or an E. And I just had the direction I need to go.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I have Google maps up on my phone. Like the whole time I'm driving just about anywhere, especially because there could be an accident or whatever. And it automatically reroutes me and stuff. So I just, I'm just like, Google told me to go this yeah. way. I'm going to go this way.
2: I don't Which even think sometimes it. I hate. Cause I'm like, I don't have any choice, but to go this way. You motherfucking Google. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tracy is a terrible, terrible navigator.
0: Like, if she's in the car with me and she's trying to give me directions somewhere, like, she'll wait until we're right at the turn to tell me that I need to turn somewhere. She's like, oh, you need to turn here. And I'm like, oh, the road that we just passed that was There's like your exit. Right, right back
2: there <laughs> that we were that
0: we were <laughs> doing 45 at when you told me I needed to turn. No, I can't do that. Um And so I always have Google running and she'll try to contradict Google sometimes. And she's like, no, don't go that way. And I'm like, oh, okay. Oh, and I'll I'll turn somewhere else. And she's like, oh, no, wait, I was wrong. And I'm like, <laughs> damn it. I should have known. How many
2: times will I have to learn this same lesson? See, and I like to give directions two directions ahead mm-hmm. and receive them the same way. Yeah. So if it's like, hey, you're going to exit at this exit, then you're going to take a right up here. So that way I know which lane to be in. To think ahead and be like, oh, I need to be on the right side. So I'm yeah. not in the left lane. We're a block away like, oh, by the way, you need to be in the right lane. I'm like, Fuck. motherfucker, now I can't get over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that happens.
0: What, what were you in Idaho for? You are oh, filming some, filming some stuff. Us. Yeah, uh, Okay.
2: So uh, trying to film some promo stuff. Some promo stuff for? For, for, for our project. Oh. We had a guy up there with a monster truck bus they let us play with. A monster truck bus? Yeah. Like a school bus? Like a school bus. Not like a, a short bus, like a regular size bus. Like sized a regular bus? size bus. We call it the Columbine. <laughs> it's it's actually his it's it's
1: his <laughs> I would want Sandy Hook, but that's just
2: too dark. <laughs> but it's his uh it's his monster truck uh-huh. uh uh zombie bus. Monster truck zombie bus? So what the guy does is he actually uses it for a business. He takes it to, like monster truck shows, but when those aren't going on, he hooks up paintball guns to him. And then when they do, like, the cornfield mazes and stuff, they have things set up with people dressed as zombies, and you can pay to go on the bus with paintball guns attached to the side of the bus and shoot the zombies as the bus goes through this course. Oh, that okay. sounds fun. <laughs> yeah, it I does. hate to be the employee of the fucking cornfield. <laughs> yeah. <play>. God. <laughs> <laughs> well, they have certain employees that get dressed up as zombies as as targets. You just get pelted with paint paintballs. <laughs> yeah. Those, Those fuckers said, hurt. Man. He said they, yeah. they don't turn the paintball guns up very oh, high, so it's okay. not like they're, like, full-on funk yeah so they're not He's like lobbing it out yeah, like, i guess not said, like 100 feet per second yeah yeah you said they're they're usually tuned to like 50 50 fp or 50 psi or something like that Ugh. instead hmm. of going the full i've never
0: been hit with a paintball
2: yeah no, they can hurt oh no, they fucking hurt especially if you're playing
1: against a pro that well, uh-huh. hurts man
0: <laughs> <laughs> i got
1: like five in the mask one time two in my uh-huh. hand Oh, like this guy had a uh, paintball gun that was it was semi-auto, but he had that
2: trigger. thing. Yeah, he could, like, the electronic trigger yeah. trigger
1: on it. Like it had an
2: electronic a, gate on it's it. It's like it goes full auto. So it was
1: like 12 what? paintballs heading my way, like just in a second. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> And most of them hit my mask and my hands where I had the gun up to my face to aim a little bit better. Oh, no. So like five in the mask where the shit went in your teeth and your yeah. mouth. And it's, it's edible. It's, it tastes like soap. It's nasty. Hmm. And then like it caught my I didn't have gloves or anything on so it like caught my knuckles and shit it was it hurt so fucking bad. <laughs> <laughs> I used to like paintball until I got tagged by a couple that really fucking hurt. Like you get one on the tailbone and you're just like motherfucker. Oh. oh I got a bruise there now.
2: <laughs> I I used to shoot cheaters in the genital region. <laughs> Ball shots. <laughs> oh, yeah. On purpose. And people hated it. And I'm like, if you would have called your shot when I shot you the first five times, I wouldn't have shot you in the dick.
0: <laughs>
2: dick shot.
0: Hmm. Well, what have you been doing, X?
5: <laughs>
0: <laughs> X is sitting in with us. Tonight. <sighs> Matt Matt is out for uh, uh, one of his kids' Birthday? birthdays. So, X. You know, more of the same. coming along. Producing podcasts and making YouTube videos. That's. 80% yeah. of my life these days, it feels like. You're, you're all over the place, man. <laughs> where, so where can people learn more about Utah Outcasts if they are unfamiliar with it? Well, you can find Utah Outcasts at utahoutcast.com. You can find us at patreon.com
1: slash Utah You can also find us on YouTube, Twitter, Reddit. Well, I don't do much with the Reddit. Uh, Facebook, but I fucking hate Facebook these days. <laughs> yeah. Just about anywhere. So, I mean, we're out there. I mean, Easy to all, find. Yeah. I mean, you type up
0: Utah Outcast and you're going to find us. So, And you, you're you prolific as far as getting shit out there and dicing it up into smaller bits and pieces and <laughs> stuff for YouTube and adding comments and responding. And I'm like, you got a lot of time on your hands or you just <laughs> never
2: sleep. I, I I can't decide which. Ones. I don't sleep. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you know there's also a car club with your same name? No. The yeah, Utah Outcast. There's a, need... there's a Utah Outcast car club.
1: Well, I guess I'll be starting that business up here pretty soon and be sending out a cease and desist letter. So, <laughs> hooray!
0: Your stupid little car club needs to change its name, fuckers. <laughs> Hope you didn't get all customized logos and. Oh, they shoot.
1: do. Oh, uh, uh, I can be petty.
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey, Andrew,
1: are you listening? <laughs> I'll pay your hourly rate. <laughs> well, I wonder what he charges. It's considerable. Yeah. <laughs> We've looked into
0: it. Yeah, I I haven't <laughs> looked into it because I figured it would be considerable. Um, uh, yeah. Put out about 10 to 12 clips a week
1: on YouTube. I mean, the podcast, shitloads of extra stuff for patrons out there. So, I mean, a buck a month and you get, like, live streams that are just for patrons and stuff. So we had one this last week where it went an hour where we went from like talking about food to fundamentalism. So we were just, hmm. it ran just, the gamut. It was yeah. fun. So. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, and, and you guys do video and stuff. We don't do video either. And, yeah, I so wish you get we didn't to, have to. But so you get to see all of your all of your lovely faces while you're doing the talkings. Yeah, and Kyle and Felicia are
2: so much more pretty than I am. <laughs> <laughs> but you got that nice black background that makes you look mystique. Yeah, it, you know, mysterious. <clears throat> I was gonna say mystique because
1: she's good looking too. Mm-hmm. What's just funny is that there's so many people that give Kyle shit for wearing like eyeshadow and eyeliner and stuff, and they're like, "Oh, where's the the femme guy wearing the guy liner?" And he's uh. like. Well, I have eyes. I don't have guys up there, you know, he <laughs> <laughs> catches so much shit from the guys that are like the ciz heads that just absolutely hate anybody putting on makeup. You know, it's like, you know, glam rock's been a thing for like 60 fucking years. Right. Well, and, th-
0: and that like everybody that you ever see in any play, almost anywhere and has makeup. makeup on, you know,
1: presidential people like Trump wears fucking makeup. Yeah. You yeah.
0: Know? Yeah. Not just bronzer.
1: No, <sighs> oh, but it's good times. I, I really like what I do. I mean, otherwise, why the hell would I continue doing it if I didn't enjoy
0: oh, yeah. it? Oh, so. yeah. Yeah. If you're not having fun doing it, why the fuck would you continue doing
1: it? Right. And, and we're planning a trip to the Ark. I'm sad that we're not going this year to the oh. uh, AA Con because it's right next door. Yeah. Did you hear the, uh the what the hell is it? They're having at the new Answers in Genesis Answer Center that's at the Ark Encounter. They're having a, uh, what the hell do you call it? A seminar called Answering Atheists. At what? the same time you guys are there for AA Car. I uh, roll. And it's uh it's featuring Ray Comfort oh, and boy. Ken Ham and
2: uh, Banana Man and the Wolverine, scene. Amish Wolverine. Yeah. The, the people who know so much about
1: but <laughs> <Wait, laughs> well, the, they don't. What I keep joking <laughs> about on the show is like not a single goddamn atheist is invited to this answering atheist thing. Like if you wanted to answer an atheist, why wouldn't you have one there and be atheist. like what's your opinion on this? Well, I'm against
0: that. You know? Why wouldn't they just cut? It it really bothers me when they make disingenuous, disingenuous and straw man arguments about shit. And they, and then they'll just outright lie about different things. Like if you had the truth, if you had, if you had evidence, you would point to the evidence. You wouldn't need faith. Right. And if you had evidence, then you would just point to that. And you wouldn't straw man, an atheist position to say that, Oh, atheists, you know, worship Satan or they just want to sin or whatever. Like, why don't you, ha- well, how about you talk to an atheist and find out what why they believe. we believe what we believe yeah. or don't believe what you believe. I especially love it when they, and why can't you just have a fucking honest conversation about it instead of being
1: a giant fucking cockle <laughs> when they completely like straw man, what atheism is. It's like, yeah. guys, it's, mm-hmm. it's the answer to one question really. I yeah. mean, it informs a lot of other worldviews that come from that. But atheism itself is the answer to, do you have belief in a God or yeah. gods? Mm-hmm. And nope. they're like, well, atheists believe this. It's like, no, N- no, some, some, do. some, maybe a majority might, some might, it, that mm. might inform their humanism or it might inform, you know, any of the other kind of isms or ists that they have, but it's not necessarily a worldview.
0: Yeah. It's know? not all encompassing. No, fuck no. You know how many
1: shitty atheists that I know that like still oh, believe oh in God. ghosts and,
0: <laughs> you know, I, I argue with atheists much more than I do religious people these days. <laughs> they'd be so shitty about it. Oh, yeah.
1: They think they got out of the, the one paper bag of a question and then all of a sudden.
0: <laughs> Wet paper bag. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now they're like, I'm much more. Now I'm, I know everything. I'm better than you. I'm big brained. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I evolved. Yeah.
0: <laughs> that shit oh, bothers yeah. me.
1: It's fun. <laughs> <laughs> you see what the, but the thing is like the, uh, the religious right they you could see trends coming up when you're paying attention to. Uh, a lot of the things they're talking about, like a couple of years ago, it was, uh, trans issues and, and mm-hmm. LGBT issues. Now it's the fact that they have declining attendance in their churches. And how are we going to win back the kids? Satan's winning. Ugh. Oh,
0: that's the kind of shit that I'm hearing right now too. Yeah. And so it's like, Hey, we're winning. Hey, <laughs> nobody cares about your stupid shit. Hooray! I don't understand how they can say dumb shit like that and not think about like, not take a second to think, well, why would that be? Like if Satan is winning, like, if you actually believe in a literal Satan that God created and uh, like the whole fucking thing is just stupid, <laughs> but to say that, oh, Satan is winning. Well, why is he winning? What happened to your all powerful superhero yeah. <laughs> in, in the sky, man? Why the fuck isn't he stepping up to the plate? Why, why would Satan have an advantage over God? God fucking created everything. He's all powerful. He could get rid of him like that. He could do a fucking Xanos and just fucking get rid of Satan and all evildoers everywhere, but he's winning? What the fuck? Well, only because my friends are going to give
1: me shit if I don't correct you on it.
0: Thanos. (laughs) Thanos, sorry. (laughs) Yes, that's correct. That's what I meant to say. I would call him (laughs) Thanos. I was just checking to see if you were were hip to what I was
1: laying down, man. Cross between Xanadu and Thanos.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for the correction. I appreciate that. I was trying to. I, I Even when I said it, I was like, that's not
1: quite right, well, I think. Well, with Matt not here, we can actually talk about this
5: kind
1: of
2: stuff. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, and he's going to listen. He'd be like, that fucking guy. Yeah. Motherfucker. Motherfucker. <laughs> There's another point. I'll ask you when we're not recording. Oh. but What, Captain Marvel? Yeah. Uh Not would, Captain Marvel, but the whole universe. Maybe I'll just say it. They fucking ruined a, 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 something in the trailer for the newest. uh Don't believe their trailers. Never fucking believe their trailers. Well, no. Well, they showed somebody who the last time we saw him was stuck in an itty-bitty tiny universe, and we don't know how he got out. Well, you still don't know how he got out. It just True. shows that he's out. But and it shows
1: that he's out. But, but if you really wanted to go with it, yeah. the whole Ant-Man and Wasp thing. He goes to the microverse, and everybody gets snapped out of existence, and he yeah. can't find a way out. But you remember Michelle Pfeiffer, before he went in There's like, be careful for the time something that's in there, and it's like, oh, oh gee, I wonder what he's going to trip into when he's down there. Yeah.
0: <laughs> God damn it. Yeah, I couldn't, uh, foreshadow that anymore. Watch out for the giant mystical
1: portal that's going to lead you somewhere else. You don't know what, you don't want to go there. <laughs> Stay
0: away from this specific thing. Plot device. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. I just was surprised they actually showed him in the trailer versus being more mysterious. But with they, his... the
1: way they made it showed though is that he's there at that time. Yeah. Uh, I'm thinking he was, he, tro- he tried to show up at the Avengers compound lots of years before that. And so they're seeing it on archive and they're like, wait, when was that taken? (laughs) So anyway, I'm not going to I don't want to talk about that because it's not out yet. And I don't want (laughs) to have going into movies. You people fucking ruin movies for yourself by watching trailers and stuff. Don't try to guess what the movie is. Let the movie happen to you.
0: Yes. Let it
2: wash over you.
1: Well, yeah, because ultimately you don't have any goddamn control over anyway. You get to choose whether you enjoyed
2: it or didn't at the end. Yeah, that lawsuit got got canceled. Which one was that? The Angel Vid thing. <laughs> oh. They lost. Who what now? The company that was in Provo that was taking the movies and editing them hmm. and then selling those edited copies of the movies like, so that so vid, used... vid Angel. That's vid, Angel yeah. vid Angel, yeah. So they would
0: was... So there used to be Clean Flicks and yeah. they got shut
1: they down. They got shut down. Pure Flicks is still a thing though. Oh is really? It? Pure Flix is the the, the Netflix for yeah. uh evangelicals. Yuck. That's what uh the guys from um uh, Puzzle and a Thunderstorm used to watch all their shit. Ew, gross. Yeah, so they have to pay for it. I'm like, Ew. Ew. <laughs> but Vin Angel would, like, they would, you would pay them You'd essentially pay that- a membership fee for it or whatever it is for the yeah. movie, pay them 20 bucks, and then you get to watch the movie that they had a physical copy of that they edited so you could see all the stuff cleaned up, Yeah. and then they resell the copy back to somebody else, so it only costs you like two bucks in the long run. So they lost their lawsuit and they have
2: to pay a couple of million dollars. Yeah. Back because to, they don't own the copyright to be able to basically change
1: the film. Not so much that. It's the they can't uh, exhibit it. They can't show it to massive crowds or stream it to other people without having the right to do so ahead of time.
2: Yeah. They didn't have any copyright. They, but they're saying, yeah. well, we don't have to follow the copyright law because they bought it. They asked us to change it. <laughs> I'm like, no, that's not how this fucking works. No, so what they're doing now, th- now that
1: they're not doing movies anymore because the, the House of Mouse got a hold of them and they're going to shake them out for, like, $20 million or something <laughs> like that. Uh Now they're doing editing of other streaming services. So, like, Netflix programs and stuff, they've run it through their filters to cut out things. And I'm just like, well, we don't have any laws against that right now.
0: How about you just be a fucking adult and realize that you can see nakedness and hear bad words and it's not going to fucking kill you. Or if you don't want to see it, don't fucking watch it to begin with. Yeah. 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 That would be an even better idea.
2: Instead of being like, I really want to, I'm a really big Quentin Tarantino fan, but I can't watch it with all the blood and the sex and the titties and the swearing. So yeah. Cut out 90% of the film.
1: (laughs) Mormon kids in high school that liked Pulp Fiction. I'm like, how, how can you like How did you see it? How did you get to see How did you even watch it? (laughs) Yeah.
0: Well, was on... edited version and they do all yeah. the bleeping out of things. <laughs> and just... Well, early on when we started this show, we got an email from someone. someone saying
2: we cuss too much. I'm like, yeah. oh, fucking the dude, what the fuck are you really,
0: talking about? I really like the show, but, you know, uh, you guys just seem to curse way too much. And I, I'm, you know, listening in the shop with my kid around or whatever, and I'm like, don't have your kid around we while put, you're listening to it or don't fucking listen to the yeah, show. Like put I'm not going to
1: tag on him. Yeah. I put a disclaimer and an explicit tag. How much yeah. more warning do you
0: goddamn yeah, need? Like, I curse. Get the fuck over it. Tell your kid that this is how adults talk. It's <laughs> their, their words. Like are they going to venture forth into the world at some point and never know what any of these words are? <laughs> Be taken completely by surprise. Probably. It just, it's, <laughs> No. <laughs> that whole swearing swearing <clears throat> and people who get upset about it really fucking bother me. Like,
2: fuck you. <laughs> well, I've been, the I, fuck up. I even had one guy kick me out of a class. Cause I walked in. I'm like, what the hell's going on here? He's like, get out of here. I'm like, what did I do? So like, I don't like cussing. I'm like, what oh, well, fuck hell? you then. <laughs> I, I was pretty much like, what the fuck did I say?
5: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I really struggle with it because on the podcast and on the YouTube's, it's like motherfucker, fuck, 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 you know? And it's like, and then I have a professional life where it's like, uh, well, I think that's a very not good idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's, that's the problem. He can't my... say that's
0: fucking stupid. So then you're like, well, what what well, other and people I, say? And I
1: can... work with a, a Mormon guy. I'll tell you more about him after we're done here because oh, okay. he's related to something that's been happening in the news. Anyway, I'll tell you that later. Um, oh. Uh, so anyway, like he's one of those guys that if somebody starts going a little bit too blue, he'll be like, guys, language.
2: Yeah. See, in my job, my professional career, I can go to someone and go, that's fucking stupid. It's
0: a sound you make with your mouth.
2: (laughs) Jesus Christ, man. Oh, that's the one that he gets the most mad about. Oh, I'm sure. (laughs) (laughs) We tried to do a professional day at work once. It was laughable. (laughs) 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 What do you mean you tried to do a professional day? No cussing, no dick jokes, no fucking grabbing on anybody. We try to be professional huh.
0: in like it. It's been my impression
2: that that's, like that's all, all you guys do. It, <laughs> it is all we do.
0: <laughs> so it's, then the, uh, cussing, the fire station was just
2: very, very quiet, nothing going on. Well, we, we weren't allowed to tell anybody, so it was our just our crew did it, and there's another crew in that station. So they're all like, what the fuck is up with you guys? <laughs> <Yeah>. so, <laughs> did you all join a cult? <laughs> on <laughs> an average, how often do you guys
1: break into a giant man pile? I
5: mean...
1: <laughs> Well, I mean, I just love going up to guys at
2: work and just <laughs> see, that doesn't bother
1: me. Like, caressing
2: their see? shoulders. and <laughs> Except I'm all sweaty. You might want to playing watch Playing with out their there. ears. Yeah. <laughs> some some of them just fucking hate it, so I do it more. It moved. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, let's see. Over the last little while, we've been dealing with a uh, roof leak issue here at the homestead. We've had several bids put in and returned it's going to be a very expensive fix yeah looking at at least thirty five hundred dollars for the lowest bit of bit of fixings um up to almost 20 grand for a full new roof so that it'd be not fun not cool Uh, so dealing with that really makes you want to rent
1: forever. Doesn't it? I
0: mean, (laughs) it kind of does. Like, (laughs) I don't know. I can't, I can't share walls with people. I don't like, I don't want to know what the fuck people are doing in their house. Hear them. I don't, I don't like hearing people stomping on top of me or pounding on walls because I'm being too, like, I like to watch my television and listen to my music very loud sometimes. And if you're in an apartment that's discouraged and. And I don't like that. And then I don't like hearing other people fight and argue or just, you know, stomp around their place. It just, I can't. Apartment living is just not for me. Yeah. But it's really nice in that if something breaks, you just call someone and they come and fix it and you don't have to worry about it. You own a home and it's like, well, fuck, I have a, I have a leak in my roof. Who, like, how how do you even, how do you, how do you adult this? I don't, I don't know how you adult this. Yeah. And duct tape. So then it's, then it's like, oh, I need to have my roof repaired roof repair, Google roof repair yeah. estimates yeah. and then finding contractors and then, co- and then having to deal with fucking calling them and scheduling that and scheduling it around work and the show. And she's been a pain in the ass and there's still a bucket sitting in the dining room because, <laughs> because uh, it's going to rain again tomorrow. And I yeah. don't know if it's going to leak or not. So dealing with that, um, we had the plumbing issue and then my ex mother-in-law died over the weekend and it was not a good thing. Like it's, it's usually not a good thing when people die, but she was not treated well before she died.
2: Oh, hospice.
0: No, actually she oh. was living with my ex sister-in-law who is a trained nurse and her husband. Um, they're Jehovah's witnesses. I don't know if that had anything to do like restricting with restricting medication and them stuff. not, and this is, you know, coming to me third hand yeah. from, from other people, but yeah, apparently they just weren't taking very good care of her. She had bed sores. She had the circulation to her legs had been cut off for, I don't know how long she had oh. a couple of black toes, gangrene, gangrene. She yeah. had gangrene. Uh, the my, so that's probably what killed her. My children were alerted that their grandmother may be dying soon and that they should go and visit her. So they go and visit her and see that, you know, the the condition condition she's in. And they're like, well, we're going to take you to the emergency room. And the people who are there and supposed to be taking care of her are like, well, they're not going to do anything for her. They're just going to tell you that she's dying and send you back. Okay, well, we'll see you in an hour as they're taking her to the emergency room. Get her to the emergency room. And they're like, oh, my God, no, this is terrible. Whisk her away, start doing all this kind of stuff. She'd been in the hospital for a week. They performed a surgery on one leg to get the circulation flowing to that again. Brought her color back. She was doing really well by all accounts. They had to amputate two of her toes because yeah. of the gangrene. Well, sepsis. And that started to spread. And then they were going to do another surgery on her other leg. And apparently sometime Sunday she stopped breathing. Yeah. So they intubated her. And then she stopped breathing again and she had a DNR. And so she died over the weekend. Died early Sunday, last Sunday, not like yesterday. Yeah. One before. Um, yeah. So, and my kids have been having to deal with that all week and that's just rough. I feel very bad for them. And I can't believe that she was in such poor health living with somebody who's a nurse and is supposed to be taking care of It really, it still blows me away. I I found out all about about this at my mother's birthday party last weekend, and they were filling me in on all of the details, and I just, I still cannot fucking believe what a state they found her in. And that then they were just, the the people who were supposed to be taking care of her were so shitty about it, even as they're taking her to the hospital. Like, Like, okay, well we'll see you back here in an hour. Fuck you. <laughs> then she's in the hospital for a week and ends up dying in the hospital. I would check that will. I hope they get charged yeah. with negligence or something or, you know. I, w- I mean, I would think, yeah, negligence, elder abuse, something because,
2: yeah, she had bed sores and black toes. Yeah. <laughs> like that shouldn't happen. She should have been at the hospital a long time yeah. ago. She, should, she shouldn't have had the bed sores to begin with. She should yeah. be moved. I mean, none of that, then, none of that shit should have happened. Especially if you're living with a
0: fucking nurse who's supposed to be taking care of you. Yeah. Jesus fucking Christ, man. I just, I was crushed. I couldn't get, I couldn't get over how fucking horrible that would have been. And I haven't seen her for, I think the last time I saw her was at my son's graduation. Okay. Yes. I think that was the last time. And so it's been a little while and she seemed to be. In good spirits and decent health. And yeah, it was just, and then to hear that she died just kind of suddenly and unexpectedly
2: out of shittiness.
0: Yeah. And probably could have lived a little bit longer had she been taken better care of initially. So apparently, my ex wife is not very happy about it at all, (laughs) of course. And who knows? We'll, We'll have to see what comes of that because she's not one to let things like that go she'll she's very tenacious when she's angry hold, hold, hold's with, a bit of a with people yeah, yeah, um but we have an exciting interview coming up with Dr. Hector Garcia. He's a really fun yeah. dude. he's really cool, really smart, and his books are both fucking fantastic. I really, really like both of them. I haven't quite finished the second one yet, but i'm in, I'm in the middle of the very last chapter, so I've thoroughly enjoyed reading that. We'll be talking to him about his new book. The one that I need to write down the full title for <laughs> you butchered already. Sex Power future? and Partisanship. Yes. And then I can't remember the, the second bit of the title. That was the longer part.
1: Max Power and Parmesan. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so
0: let's get to the interview, shall we? <laughs> All right. All right.
6: Hi, this is Yvette Dontremont, aka The Cybabe, and you're listening to Godless Revolution. You can find me at Cybabe.com, at my Twitter account at the Cybabe. And if you've hunted really hard, you can find me at Pornhub. I dare you.
4: Alyssa Armstrong
0: is going to be here within the hour, and she represents Glorious Salvation Ministries, the largest group of megachurches in the country. And this meeting was not easy to get. Oh, no, 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 no. I had to buy three of George W. Bush's dog paintings to get him to vouch for me. No, we all know
3: there's no God, but... There is a ton of money to be made in his name, so let's try to act like professionals today.
6: Rejoining the Godless Revolution podcast now.
0: All right, on the line we have the wonderful, fabulous Dr. Hector Garcia. How you doing?
6: What's up, guys?
0: Good to chat with you you again. It's been almost a full year since we had you on the show last time.
6: Yeah, it's great to be back to talk with you guys for sure.
0: I'm I'm very, very excited to talk to you and to talk about your latest book. Um what is the title? It's Sex Power and oh, you just, I just up, I've just totally fucked up Damn. the entire interview. Hi, I'm the host this evening. <laughs> <laughs> Sex, power, and partisanship. Uh but my Kindle doesn't show me the the the, Full the title. Our evolutionary
6: science makes sense of our political
2: divide.
0: Thank you very much. I should have had that ready. <laughs> bad bad host. Um, it's a hell of a subtitle, man. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, and so just to start out, I, I was telling you before we started recording that I really, really love this book and Alpha God. Um, I haven't completely finished this book. I'm in, like in the middle of chapter eight, but I've I've really, really enjoyed reading it. One of the things that I love about um, your books is that you don't only just relay great information, but you write really, really well, and your vocabulary is amazing. Um, I have you always written really well, or is this something that you've had to learn along with everything else that you know?
6: Ah, well, first, thank you, thank you. I'm I, I'm I'm glad that it's enjoyable to read. I think. Sometimes uh science writing can be dry, but you know, I I writing's just like one of those things you just you just practice at it. You practice at it, read a lot, practice some more. Now, yeah, so
0: I think yeah, well, I Yeah, well, I think you're I mean. just a, an amazing writer. Like it's you, you just you have a way with words when in in both of your books that they're just a delight to read. Like you're you're passing on great information, but it's also just beautifully written as well. Like it's it's like you took a great writer who also had some great science knowledge and then is passing off this wonderful information <laughs> to you.
6: Oh, so that's I, awesome.
0: Well, I think, well, I think
6: the ideas you. for me came first. The ideas have been swirling around and swirling around and swirling around, and then you know finding a way to convey that to somebody, you know, to, to the to the public in a way that uh, that's entertaining and fun to read. I think that's that's kind of the order <laughs> for me. <laughs>
0: yeah. The main takeaway that I've gotten from the book so far is that it appears that conservatives in general are, I, I, I don't know of a better way to say it than less evolved. They, they seem to be, their actions and beliefs and, and the things that they do, their actions that they, that they take seem to be based more on fear and that they're more beholden to their biology than, uh, liberals or progressives. Is that a fair characterization?
6: I, th- I think we're all beholden to our biology. Mm. Um, I, I wouldn't say that's necessarily fair in that they're you know it sounds like they're more primitive or something of that nature. But but there is a huge amount of evidence showing that people on the conservative uh, end of the spectrum tend to be more fearful about a wide. Uh, you know of a wide variety of, of of different kinds of stimuli, more fearful of of new people, more fearful of germs in fact, there's a study looking at at uh, brain scans of of people who are highly partisan, and people on the on the far right end tend to have a bigger amygdala, the fear and aggression center of the brain so you know what I do is I I, I tie this back to uh, several evolutionary pressures. Well, actually, I tie back political partisanship to several several evolutionary pressures. One is the fear of germs or the threat of germs, I should say. The other is the threat of outside tribes, and the other is is rearing human offspring uh, into into maturity into adulthood. You know, because that's that's a, that's a huge undertaking that. Um, that was a pressure on our ancestors, especially in the fraught environments that that we evolved in. They were very dangerous. So uh, in many ways, conservatism reflects the dangers of our evolutionary past kind of expressed through downstream, you know, uh, certain policy preferences, things of that nature.
0: So, yeah, well, and that's why I, I, I don't know. And like I say, it's, it's probably not the best way to word it. But to me, it was. Oh yeah, they're they're more controlled by their lizard brain instincts and and biology like stuff they're not even necessarily aware of and that of course feeds into everything that they do and all of their interactions throughout their lives. One well the things- there,
6: there there is some evidence to show that that people on the conservative end are more manipulable, they're more credulous especially when fear when fear is involved. So, mm. you know, fear can be a hook uh to manipulate people on the far right. And this is, this is, you know, well-controlled uh, lab research showing us. Uh,
2: well, you
1: know, the goddamn liberals is going to take away
2: my guns <laughs> <laughs> and they want open borders. <laughs> well, well and you it, know,
6: it's that the, the one message I, I try to convey every time I've been talking about this book is that look, if you, if you don't know, your evolved psychology. If you don't understand your evolved fears, and I think liberals and conservatives have have different kinds of fears. Uh, I mean, we have the same fears, but I think I think we're talking about you know hmm. quantity and emphasis and whatnot. But if you don't understand them, others who understand them are going to use them to manipulate you.
0: They'll no so, exploit those fears. Yeah,
6: yeah. One one example is is fear of fear of germs. So you know our fear of germs falls on a natural curve, right? And so on one end of the spectrum, you have on the far end of the spectrum, you have kind of the compulsive hand washer, right? People who fear mm-hmm. germs a lot. The <laughs> other end, I don't know, the dirty hippie who doesn't wash. So, so conservatives tend to be on the, the, the germ phobic end of the spectrum.
1: Where you hide the soap. Under, I mean, hide the money is under the soap.
6: <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, um, during the uh, 2018 congressional elections, just to give you an idea of how how these fears get manipulated, Fox News aired a segment. You remember when the migrant caravan was marching up towards our border, and the they we were facing
0: know, an invasion. Yeah,
6: facing an invasion, it was imminent, and they were going to bring all and, their diseases with them. Mm-hmm. Exactly that. Exactly. So Those you know dirty, there were these segments Mexican that they're disease. dirty. They're going to they're going to bring these diseases with them. Smallpox. Yeah, <laughs> You know, smallpox has been eradicated, but listen, if you have a segment of the population that's more fearful of germs, they're going to respond to that and they're going to vote based on that fear. You know, they're going to vote for those most strongly talking about the border wall and immigration and, you know, xenophobia. So, so these fears get manipulated, they get tapped into.
0: Well, yeah, they they get tapped into and exploited by authoritarian figures who are also conservatives. Do you think that the the authority – the person in authority who is exploiting those even knows that they're doing it or they're just running on instinct and and feedback that they receive from the people who are hearing their message?
6: I absolutely think they know what they're doing. I think they know this research. You know, like do I think – You know, people like Donald Trump know this. No, you know, I, I I honestly like like so many other clinicians. I wonder if he is, uh, you know, if he's impaired neurologically. But his handlers, his handlers are shrewd, and they know this research, and they use it.
0: Use it for their political advantage. He use know, it for I've their political it. advantage. I'm sure. having
6: severe flashbacks
1: of the Reagan administration near his end of it there, where he was just becoming more and more increasingly, you know, unstable. Mommy wears my car keys. Yeah. And he's, <laughs> he's essentially at that level where it's the people that are running him that are running shit. It's like W was being run by, uh, Carl Rove and, um, the fucking Halliburton guy. Yeah. Cheney. Yeah. It's like they just need a useful Patsy as their leader. And then meanwhile, everybody else does shit in the shadows. So
0: they're the puppet masters kind of nefarious. Yeah. So in the in the first chapter, you write that we can observe examples of political instinct blindness in media interviews where uh, voters holding fervent party leadership or policy stances are stutteringly unable to articulate reasons for their strongly held positions when queried. Can you tell us a little bit more about that?
6: (sighs) Well, sure. I mean, w- w- first, what is instinct blindness? So, so instinct blindness is the idea that many of our psychological impulses are, 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 that are evolutionarily arrived at, our wants, our desires, our dislikes, our disgust, things we're attracted to. Um, the reasons for them are, are, are outside of our, of our awareness, usually speaking. You know, so, so, you know, as one example, you know, we, we love our children and we we have an a, you know attraction to to our mates um, and and that's just intuitive but we don't really think of of the biological reasons that that, that, that those those attractions and those loves serve they, they serve to perpetuate our genes across the generations so that all this goes for our political instincts too there's so many political instincts that that uh, that get triggered where pe- even among people who don't really understand the, pol- the policies that they, they purport to be supporting. And a lot of this has to do with tribalism, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. going with what the tribe believes. And people have, t- you know, political analysts have talked about this in terms of uh, global warming. Global warming, especially among the right, which tends to be more tribalistic, um, has become a, a badge of tribal commitment, so you know, people people have strong reactions to healthcare policy, for example, that they know nothing about, uh, but they know that their tribe supports it, so they they support it with with a lot of vigor and a lot of emotion. Um, and you know, sometimes it boils down to what I'm what I mentioned in that phrase boils down to political literacy. You know, there were there were studies showing that a, that a stunning number of of American citizens couldn't name the vice president for example. So so that's a problem. <laughs> yeah. Speaking about our our you know our how easily we're manipulable, that's a problem. Um but but it goes deeper than that. It goes deeper than that to these these very primal emotions that light up these ancient parts of the brain tied to, you know, anger and fear and things like that.
0: Yeah, in in reading the book there were a lot of things that as I'm reading it I don't know. I I had this moment. Well, I I had this, I experienced this feeling several times while reading the book, which is that as I'm reading it, it seems to confirm everything that I had already suspected or believed myself. And then I find myself wondering, okay, well, am I just falling victim to my own biology and internal biases that I may not even be consciously aware of? How, how does one sort through those types of issues? When they're reading something like this, that definitely fits in my own narrative of how I view conservatives and liberals. Um, But how do we how do we check ourselves to make sure that we're not falling into the same trap as the the conservatives who I disagree with so much? (laughs)
6: Well, see, and that's a very liberal thing to ask, right?
5: <laughs>
6: Am I being open-minded? Am I considering other perspectives? One highly robust finding is that, you know, political liberals tend to be more empathic. They tend to experience empathy more. And this is, this is that whole, we talked about this briefly on, on the prior show that, that I was on with you, with you guys about how, you know, political liberalism in many ways has a, has a, a feminine feel to it. Um, and, and political conservatism has a more masculine feel to it. First of all, it's, it's overrepresent, men overrepresented among Republicans, for example. Uh, you know, conservatives tend to be more hawkish. They tend to be more territorial. They tend to be more interested in, in, in you know, Secondary controlling rights. women's reproductive, uh, and capacity.
1: They're the party and of fuck your feelings, you know. Kind they're of. They're
6: the party of fuck your feelings, right? <laughs> yeah. This was a this was a campaign slogan that came out of the the Trump campaign. Yeah, mm-hmm. Trump Trump for president. Fuck your feelings, you know. Um, so so what you're talking about is a very empathic question. I think, you know, that question is very empathic. I should say, but you know, how do we deal with that? Well, um, I I think personally, what I try to do is is. You know, go by the research literature and 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 kind of rely on that to form opinions about about political psychology, uh, whether on the right or the left. You know, because science has uh, built-in mechanisms for preventing bias, or, or for you know, if if practiced correctly. So,
0: <laughs> well, and I, it kind of set me into this spiral of of thinking that I was maybe overthinking it or that I wasn't <laughs> thinking it through enough. Like, um, you know, so, so you
2: almost cooked your brain.
0: <laughs> well, I started thinking, well, shit, all of this completely agrees with what I already believe. So <laughs> is this just, you know, me taking in something that is confirming my biases already. And then I thought, well, no, you know, the, the, this fits along with what you just said. Um, I've, I've always had, I've always heard the saying that, you know, the, the, People who are crazy don't realize they're crazy, right? Or, or mm-hmm. people, you know, s- insane people don't ever question their sanity. Versus the opposite, where, you know, sane people—did I just get that backward? That sane people <laughs> constantly are questioning their sanity, right? Like, am I going crazy? Yeah. And so, <laughs> so then I get just got in the spiral of, okay, well, this confirms my bias, but is it because this is actually true, or it's because I want it to be true? And then you've you've got. <laughs> You know, tons, tons of notes and references to different studies and, and everything in here, and so then I start wondering, okay, well, has he just cherry picked wow. a lot of this stuff, or is this the prevailing theory and, and sense? No, from, the answer from is from no. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: no it like you need to go back and well, look to some suicidal tendencies. <laughs> where you're like, I'm not crazy. You're the one that's
6: crazy. <laughs> look, the the turn you the 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 what you just talked about, that's good. That's a good thing. You know, that is in great contrast to people who don't, don't question their biases. You know?
0: Hmm. So
6: I think, I think the well, more yeah, people and, and who just we've talked went there
0: extensively on the show throughout multiple episodes about how it seems that conservatives are unable for any bit of self-reflection, uh, self-introspection, self-examination of the things that they believe and why they believe them. How how does a person overcome that? Is it just having to gain knowledge about you are biologically predisposed for certain things and that you may have these types of biases and to try to keep them in check and, and make sure that you understand what is going on versus just, I don't know, running off at the mouth like your typical conservative does?
6: Well, I, I always make the case for... Making critical thinking a mandatory, uh, part of public education. Mm-hmm. So, so learn about our cognitive biases. Learn statistics. Learn how statistics can be manipulated. Um, learn evolutionary sciences because, you know, th- these are the sciences that, that uncover all of our unconscious biases that are so strongly tied to powerful emotions. Make this mandatory. Um, I would suggest that uh, certain certain powers that be don't want that. You know, that's you know well, cutting I mean,
1: off. It's evolution. I mean, that's just evolution in there. And you just <laughs> that's of the devil. I mean, why should we teach our kids about that? We can't teach them the Bible in the school anymore. Sorry.
6: I right. Design so design. so yeah. so doctrines that that forbid questioning are more convenient for the power structure, usually speaking. Yeah. So
1: oh, that works in Utah pretty well.
0: <laughs> yeah, for the most part.
6: Oh, boy. <laughs> That's sad.
0: So, at, and as I'm reading this, I I recognize that in my youth, I had much more conservative views. You know, I living here in Utah, raised by LDS family and, and being around LDS family the whole time um, and living in a very conservative state, I had a lot of very conservative views. And I'm not quite sure how I got out of that. I don't, I don't like, I can't point to any one thing and say, oh, well, this totally flipped my worldview on its head. And now I don't have a problem with, you know, people being gay or women seeking reproductive, you know, control over their own reproduction or, um, you know, working and being paid equally to their male counterparts in the workforce. When I was younger, a lot of my views on those things were completely the opposite. And I don't know how i was able to flip that and and change those. And if I did, I feel like I would have a much better, a much better example of how to talk to other people who are stuck with those types of thoughts and to get them to change their thinking on it. How do we go about getting people to change their thinking on those things? Especially when, I mean, throughout the book you make reference to it, you know, being a biological imperative and drive and that a lot of these things are, you know, not only not necessarily beyond a person 's control, but beyond their even perception that they 're happening so how do we how do we get people to spot that and, and to change their thinking
6: Oh well, like I mentioned earlier, you know teaching critical thinking you know interestingly there was a there was a study looking at uh, um, highly partisan subjects, and i i, I can 't remember what the variable was. I think it was climate change, but um, when when uh, the conservative subjects were primed uh, to, um, I think, imagine first that they had a superpower, their views on climate change changed. Huh. You know, um, so so you know a lot of a lot of certain beliefs come out of feelings of vulnerability and fear. Uh, I want to say it's climate change, but I could be wrong, but whatever it was, it took a more liberal uh, the perspectives took a more liberal turn and you know the opposite is true uh, can be true uh, among liberals so for example there's uh there's a, a construct called right wing authoritarianism, which I unpackage in in, in the book and uh, this was developed by uh, a team of, of Berkeley scientists trying to figure out hey what how did how did Hitler happen oh. You know how to, how what what how did so many people support this man and uh, do what they did in Germany and across across Europe? So um, three factors to this to this scale: one is seeding control up to authority figures, really looking towards authority figures. Um, the next one is conformity, just doing what the person next to you is doing, and and the third was uh, aggressing against outsiders. And one of the cases I make in the book is that this all has a militaristic purpose. These are all central aspects of military social structure. You do seat up uh, uh, You do you do answer to authority figures and you obey them. Um, you conform to everybody around you, um, and and you need all this to perform on the battlefield. If you didn't have this, how quickly how quickly would a, would an army get slaughtered if if you know troops didn't have to obey commands? We're doing their own thing. Um, but so so conservatives tend to score way high. It's really it's really a, a good measure of political conservatism. But during the 9-11 attacks, liberals took a more conservative shift, including on this scale. So, so, you know, th- these underlying psychologies serve a survival purpose. And Shifts like that are kind of of, of evidence of that.
2: Now, Does what, that make what, sense? Were, were those shifts during 9-11, were they like a permanent shift or was it more of a temporarily uh, emotional shift towards more conservative? Let's go kill those assholes type Temporary
1: of – Temporary insanity due to <laughs> feeling like you're attacked and you're vulnerable and
0: uh... – well, well, and I noticed too that in the book you mentioned that after the 9-11 attacks, uh, crime in the area dropped precipitously
6: drop precipitously. So we have this impulse to turn inward to the tribe and start cooperating more in order to survive the outside tribe. We've done that for for, you know, hundreds of thousands if not millions of years since before we were we were fully human.
0: Yeah, except the cavemen didn't have the Patriot Act. <laughs> <laughs> that's right good
2: movie I liked it
0: and I think I kind of stumped on your question Ryan what was it again
2: I oh, was just saying if, if it was more of a if it was a, a temporary shift for a lot of people or if it, that that shift was more permanent among mm-hmm. liberals to go a little more on the conservative scale
6: my my guess my guess is that it was a as a, a temporary shift but I don't believe I don't believe this is what you would call a longitudinal study where they they would ask again in two or three or four years I, I don't I don't quite recall but my guess is it's temporary
0: And I just realized why I stomped on your question is because you were wondering if it was temporary or not. And, uh, I believe in the book you, you cited statistics saying the crime fell something on the order of 40% over the next little while, but I'm sure it hasn't remained there. It is. I'm I'm guessing that it steadily increased to its original pre nine 11 levels.
1: Right. Right. I would think otherwise, because if you look, violent crime is down across the board.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, but it like, Overnight basically dropped Uh, 40% after the attacks
2: This is Nick Fish, president of American Atheists Uh, You can learn more about our work At
0: www.atheists.org Make sure to check out our National convention coming up Easter weekend In
1: Cincinnati,
4: Ohio Uh, We'll look forward to seeing you there And you're listening to The Godless Revolution When did you stop believing in God? I was 12 I drank some of the holy water at church And it gave me salmonella Uh, What made you stop believing in God? YouTube comments Who are the 90% of people who still believe in God? Professional athletes. They're rich, hot, and their bodies haven't betrayed them yet. Their lives are amazing. Why wouldn't they believe in God?
6: Thank you to everybody who has rated the show on iTunes and Stitcher and are following us on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. And to all our Patreon patrons, you make the show possible.
0: One of the the other quotes that I've highlighted here uh, says that in addition to conservatives being more close to experience and more sensitive to disgust, research finds that conservatives tend to be generally more fearful and that's where you know i have i have several passages like that that are highlighted throughout the book um and that's what pointed me to perhaps the notion that they just and i keep saying evolved and i'm sure that's not the right word they they haven't come mm-hmm. to the realization yet that a lot of what drives them is fear and and how to get over that and how to change their thinking on things I don't know that we've really figured out a way to get people to change their mind. Like I said, I I know when I was younger, I was much more conservative, and that has all changed. But I can't point to any one thing. It seems to be a series of you left personal experience. Yeah, it, well, it seems to be a series of personal experiences that have pushed me further and further left. But I'm sure the opposite is true for some on the right, that a series of personal experiences just pushes them further and further to the right. How do we bring people back from from the edges of both of those things
6: well 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 listen you know one thing to understand about our political present is that it ties back to our evolutionary past and our evolutionary past was it was a very different place to live than than, than the environments mo- in which most of us currently live it was incredibly violent for one um tribes conducting raids on on the neighboring tribe were were incredibly common we can deduce this from the archaeological record where we see massacre site after massacre site after massacre site we can deduce this from looking at contemporary foragers and hunter gatherers where a, a, a high percentage of men an astoundingly high percentage of men in these cultures are 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 killed by by male on male violence so uh uh lawrence Keeley is an anthropologist who looked at you look at this question found that up to 30 percent of men in, in forging cultures are killed by outside men that's that's an astounding level of threat so in those kinds of environments it makes sense to have a, a prejudicial psychology against outsiders and you know in in an environment like that where we had nothing like like you know antibiotics or vaccines or or you know we we really didn't understand that we were surrounded by this this universe of micro invisible you know microbiology around us it also it also made sense to be germophobic and it, and and which ties into being xenophobic because the biggest vectors of disease were people from outside tribes who could come in with something as simple as the flu and wipe out your entire tribe right Um, the question is, how much do that, does that serve us now? Now, as, as, uh, you know, we, we cooperate more on a global scale, now that we do have vaccines, now that we do understand microbiology, um, much more than we did before, how much does that still serve us? So, so are they evolved less? I don't know. What, you know, if we were to, to take a shift to a, a more violent, uh, you know, worldwide society it would be liberals who would seem less evolved right with all their empathy
0: yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah i guess that's absolutely yeah. true um and as i was reading this it also reminded me of watching things like the walking dead where there is this global catastrophic event that basically most of the people who remain become much more conservative, much more fearful, much more afraid of, uh, outsiders, much more xenophobic. And it all just kind of fit with every, like I said, it all just fit with everything that I already believe. It was, it was almost just like, Hey Dan, here's a book that confirms everything you already (laughs) think. (laughs) Though I find it
1: funny that like, it seems to be like once the, uh, fear of the outsider gets out of the way, then they start going for the fear of your. They're coming for your women and your children, you know. Especially like we had with the issue with the trans bathroom thing mm-hmm. that was going on, where mm. they can't attack them because they're fellow Americans. So it's not xenophobia at that point, but it's like, well, they're gonna hurt the ones that you need to protect the most, and it's like,
0: <laughs> no, they just need to pee, man.
6: <laughs>
2: Which is also why you need an arsenal
0: of guns.
6: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I just, like I say, a, a lot of it was just confirming the things that I already believe. One of the things that, uh, that I had a question about, let me see if I can find it here. Uh, you said that, uh, telling the RWA and S- SDO do not develop until adolescence when humans reach re- reproductive capacity. Can you tell us a little bit more about RWA and SDL what those what those are? Well,
6: RWA right wing authoritarianism that that was that was what I mentioned earlier. It's kind of it's look, political parties are are somewhat fluid. They can shift, right? So so you could have a liberal psychology uh that's that's more grounded, that's more like the the underpinnings, the scaffolding and and political parties can shift on top of them, right? So so, you know, but, but the underlying psychology is something that we can measure and that's more stable, like right wing authoritarianism. That's a really good measure of political, uh, political conservatism. Um, social dominance orientation is, is another one. And basically what that boils down to is, is the belief that your group should have a dominance position over the other group. That's, that's b- social dominance. So, so that's, that's basically what that, that tendency and what that psychological uh, uh instrument measures so one of the things that i talk about is how all of these all of these uh all of these factors that we study our political orientations our policy preferences um really boil down to our reproductive psychology and biology so, take uh, right wing authoritarianism and social dominance uh, for example and i and I argue that you know political conservatism is really based on male mate competition, so in our evolutionary past, what was very common again was for r- tribes to conduct raids on the rival tribe, kill all the men, kill all the male children, and take all the females uh, as their spoils of war uh you know this This goes back thousands and thousands of years. Um, you know we see this in scripture, for example, Moses commands his men to basically do that- uh, according according to the bible um that was the game of living that was that's mate competition well, you know think about think about what what these two measures that I just mentioned uh think how they about how they would fit into that enterprise wanting more, wanting a dominance position over the rival group. Well, that would allow you to go into the rival group and take their goods and take their women.
5: Yeah.
6: Right? And right wing authoritarianism would help you organize your male alliances to 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 make that happen. You know, to have success out on the battlefield. And uh so a lot of a lot of what I talk about is tied to our reproductive biology and that's that's just one one example of that. Another example would be, you know, how how political conservatives tend to be really um you know controlling of women's sexuality. And I believe we talked about cuckoldry uh last mm-hmm. time we were on. Do you
0: remember that? Should I yeah, should I, unpack yeah, that a, a little I that bit? that I actually learned the where the <laughs> term cuckold comes from. The cuckoo bird. Yeah.
6: The cuckoo bird, right? Cuckoo tree, cuckoo bird. So, so, um, okay. This, this may interest you. So when we look at political orientation across the globe, the most politically conservative countries are overwhelmingly Islamic majority. Um, and, one of the things we also see in Islamic majority countries is is the lowest gender quality indices, gender equality indices across the world. I mean it's it's so obvious when you when you look at the charts. Mm-hmm. Well, a lot of a lot of these uh, policies that, that that contribute to this, this gender equality are all concerned mate guarding. Now, guarding females reproductive capacity and this is to avoid cuckoldry so just to remind your 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 listenership cuckoldry comes from the cuckoo bird which engages in this this practice called brood parasitism where it lays eggs in in another bird's nest a different species that bird's not aware of it so it kind of has to spend all this energy and take all these risks raising this imposter bird into adulthood. Meanwhile, the, 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 the the actual parent of this bird doesn't have to do anything. So men fear this because, you know, a woman always knows whether a child is hers, not so with men. So, so cuckoldry was, is a big threat to, uh, to evolutionary fitness of men. Um, so some societies really strongly focus on controlling women's sexuality, so like, like in 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 many Islamic nations, um, women aren't allowed to travel without permission from their male guardians. Mm-hmm. They're not allowed to leave the home without their male guardians. Um, they're also expect- make apps
1: to- for track, tracking your wives and yeah. your sisters and daughters mm-hmm. and stuff too. So,
6: and now there are apps for mm-hmm. tracking your daughters and your sisters. And and there's there's one in Saudi Arabia where where if a woman tries to travel without her guardian, they get a they get a text message. Oh. Their guardian gets text messages. Can't so your
1: property's walking away.
6: <laughs> you're, exactly so so. You know the point is you know political conservatism is based on male reproductive drives to a to a to a great extent, and we see that in, in the emphasis on 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 you know, preventing cuckoldry, so concentrated, so exaggerated in the most politically conservative nations in the world.
1: Well, that also explains why grabbing by the pussy was okay and Mm -hmm. having sex with multiple partners, even though he was married at the time, Mm -hmm. has allowed it. So he's still in office. I mean, democratic person like that, that did something like that would have been ran out of town a long time ago, Mm -hmm. but because they're conservatives, that's something that they laud. So.
0: Yeah, and, and Dr. Garcia actually talks about those things in the book, those, oh, okay. those, specific, those specific things. Um, one of the, g- going back to your mention of Islam, there was a quote that you have in the book from the Quran that says, Men have authority over women because God has made the one superior to the other and because they spend their wealth to maintain them. Good women are obedient. They guard their unseen parts because God has guarded them. As for those from whom you fear disobedience, <laughs> Admonish them and send them to beds apart and beat them. Then, if they obey you, take no further action against them. Surely God is high, supreme.
6: <laughs> well, that certainly ties back to the Alpha God concept, right? God is an right. Alpha male with the same interests in, in, in you know, sexual domination and preventing cuckoldry and, and you know, mate acquisition as, as, as men do. So yeah, that's that's a pretty striking passage, isn't it?
0: Yeah, yeah. I I hadn't read well, I haven't read the Quran. I've only read bits and pieces, but I've never seen
2: that bit yeah. of the Quran. I have a Quran.
0: Yeah. It's an
1: interesting layout for a book, how you go from like longest passages to shortest, you know. It's all <laughs> laid out weird.
0: Oh yeah?
5: Yeah, yeah. Hmm.
6: Well, that, that kind of sentiment is, is expressed throughout the Quran and the Hadith and, and through the Old and New Testament. All the Abrahamic faiths, it's, you know, they're, they're strongly based on male uh, evolutionary imperatives.
0: With the, with the knowledge that there are women who go along with this type of thing, um, it was one of, the, one of the things that really drove me away from religion, particularly the LDS faith, is just how misogynist it is. Mm-hmm. Why is it that so many women go along with face that denigrate them, that treat them as other, as as subhuman, or as as less important than their male counterparts?
6: Well, in, in some societies, they just don't have a choice, right? I mean, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, women who 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 try to remove their veil, or try to dance, or try to you know walk around on chaperoned face violence in in many societies or even, even, even death, you know? So, so that's part of it. But, you know, I don't know if you got to the part about, about attractiveness and the Michelle Bachman effect. Yeah, yeah, I did. (laughs) To me, this blows my mind. So, so, okay, this is, we have to, we have to, you know, um, offer certain caveats in that this doesn't apply to everybody, but, When subjects go in and uh, rate how attractive and how feminine congresswomen are and rate them on a scale, we can see that the most uh, feminine and attractive uh, congressmen tend to be uh, conservative. And the more feminine and more attractive they are, the more conservative the voting record. And this is something we see not only in the U.S. Congress, but like around the world. There's 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 research in other nations that show this. Um, and the, the idea is that look, political conservatism and political liberalism are are in many ways strategies for navigating the prominent the, the primate dominance hierarchy. Conservatism. Uh, you know, the short version is that conservatism is, is a means to maintain hierarchical status, right? To keep that status, to keep the status quo, to make laws that allow those with the privilege to keep them and to stifle those trying to climb up the rungs of the ladder. And the opposite is, is in many ways true for, for political liberalism. So good looks provide an advantage and so, so that, that often gives, uh, you know, women an advantage in the mating market. And, 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 you know, that is, that is used to gain an, an advantage, um, legislatively. So, um, I think, I think, I think that's fascinating, uh, because we intuitively know that, uh, that people who are attractive have higher
2: Bachman rank <laughs> <laughs> that too. <laughs>
0: But you were saying we intuitively know what
6: we intuitively know that um attractiveness means means higher rank,
1: yeah, That's why I don't trust any pretty people
6: <laughs> I mean, look so 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 there's even even people like like rating you know trying to guess um political orientations of world leaders from from nations that they're naive about, like they don't know who these are they 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 can. They can guess with a high degree of accuracy based on their looks, based on how masculine or feminine or attractive they are. So it's really about rank. It's really about maintaining rank, maintaining status, and greater access to resources that, that being in a higher, higher rung afford.
2: I also notice how they also attack the attractiveness of women a lot of times where you know, it wasn't attacking Hillary maybe because of her political stance all the time. It was like, well, she's just an ugly woman.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've noticed the conservatives point that shit out a lot, particularly Donald Trump, right? He's got nicknames for everybody. And you mentioned this several times in the book that um, he uses denigrating nicknames for people. He comments on their looks. And we see that throughout the conservative world. That yeah. People are commenting more on <laughs> commenting more on shit. <laughs> 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 but no, they comment more frequently on. The People's appearance of a person yeah. versus their actual positions or policy opinions.
1: And you know how many comments I get from right wing nut jobs every week, where they're
2: like, "You're fat, you're ugly," and I'm like, <laughs> "Yeah, that's not in dispute, guys." I mean, <laughs> <laughs> or like with uh, AOC, where she's just a bimbo waitress, right? Yeah. So it's not a because she's a, she's an attractive woman, but now she's a bimbo waitress that used to work bars. So what does she know about anything? <laughs>
0: Yeah, and it seems to me, and, and you can correct me if if my line of thinking is wrong on this, Hector, but it seems to me that when they do stuff like that, they recognize and can see that uh, AOC is a very attractive, very intelligent woman. And so they have to do something to keep their tribe in line and to not be seduced by her feminine wiles, right?
6: That could be. That's an open question. I mean, a lot of these are open questions. <laughs>
1: I feel like a lot of the conservatives that are treat AOC like the Esmeralda from the, the Hunchback of Notre Dame, like the <laughs> Disney movie, where they're staring into the fire and they're like, why does she vex me so? I wish I had
0: her. I must kill her. I love her. <laughs> I want her so much. <laughs> Another one of the things that I've got written down here. Uh, let's see. Uh, oh. By the way,
6: I'm getting the, the the sense that that you guys are mostly on the liberal end of the spectrum.
2: Oh, very much so. Is that yeah. fair? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was in the military, but I was I was a fairly progressive atheist while in the military. And just I'd learn more about the world and realized not everyone thinks like I do. Yeah, it was that waking moment being the first time leaving. My home state of Wisconsin, getting on a plane and meeting a whole different group of people.
6: Well, travel will do that for you. And that's, that's one thing about, about you know liberals tend to be more xenophilic. So xenophilic is kind of the opposite of xenophobia where you're more – instead of being afraid of new people, you're interested in new people, want to learn about new cultures, want to you know, travel the world, want to try a new ethnic food restaurant, things like that. Uh, nothing like traveling the world to open up your eyes.
1: Yeah. I was say growing up a military kid pretty much made it so you couldn't be racist for the for the most part. You'd still hear <laughs> casual racism but your best friends were either Puerto Rican, Thai, you know, black, Hispanic. You know, how you had the ran the whole gamut of everybody that was in the military and you and we all went to this melting pot school together because you're all thrust into this bullshit because your parents are in the military. <laughs> <laughs> you can't be racist because you're like well, there's only like five other white kids that go to the school just like <laughs> – it's usually pretty small classes as well. So it's – growing up a military kid was interesting like that.
6: Exposure helps.
5: Yep.
0: One of the examples that, that I've highlighted of what I thought was just beautiful writing was from Chapter 6, uh, The Politics of Sexual Control. And you write toward the beginning of that chapter that we humans sometimes think of our morals as reflecting a higher order of being – Something that sets us apart from the other animals of the earth, but our most consecrated moral convictions are often the ones most leavened with primal instinct. Okay. Yeah, I loved I loved how you put that <laughs> how you put that paragraph together using the word leavened in there. I thought that was awesome. Oh, you know, thanks, our man. Bread. <laughs>
6: I'm glad you like my words.
1: <laughs> we need to make our bread with donkey shit. That's or human shit. That's what the Ezekiel bread was, right? I think I remember. <laughs>
6: Um, well, but but you know that I'm I'm glad you like that because I mean you know I I I put out a lot of heavy science. I mean you you can see how much science that I that I that I cite and I'm kind of base this book on it's. But again, you know, try to make it entertaining.
1: I'll say it's got to be nice to be a bit poetic when you have to write and do figures and statistics all the time. You're like, (laughs) God damn it. I'm going to put some flowery language in here.
6: Well, this is very, very different than, than research article writing, which is, is just dry (laughs) and structured and just annoying. I hear from PhD (laughs)
1: candidates all the time, how fucking droll the whole thing is. And they're just like, I want to write something nice. This would be
0: great. (laughs) Yeah.
6: Yeah. I, 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 I do research and publish research articles. It's, not nearly as fun
0: one of the central themes of your book um and i think it's a great follow-up to alpha god but one of the one of the central themes seems to be that a uh, nice and peaceful and plentiful world or region leads to more liberalism and it seems to me that you know we can we can see that here in the united states that as we become more peaceable we become more prosperous people tend toward liberalism and then you get conservatives in in power anywhere and they do things that to my eye smack of wanting to take things away from people to reduce the abundance of things to uh reduce our peacefulness to so that so that it kind of feeds into this whole conservative machine of their more primal instincts of uh male mate competition and just generally more conservative overall you know right. they they cut funding for education they cut social Medication. programs so that it makes it so that people's lives in general are worse off which then feeds into the cycle of okay well your life is is worse off now you need somebody as an authoritarian to step in and take care of you versus your needs being met by the community writ large
6: yeah, yeah, I think you nailed it right there. Just, just everything you just said. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, me. you know, yeah, or, or yeah. manufacture a threat from the outside, not only create threats, not only create pressures from the inside, but manufacture threats, you know, um, the weapons of mass destruction. Yeah. Uh, you know, the Mexican rapists are coming. Um, um you know, terrorists are
2: countries. flooding over our border.
5: Mm-hmm.
6: Right. Right. So yeah, and- does that, does
2: that make people,
6: uh, more or less, uh, you know, willing to cede power up to, to a more a dominant, powerful, large male? I would say more, you know, this is why, this is why, uh, you know, just, just, uh, this is why fear is, is so peddled in, in, you know, Republican campaigns can, it's just palpable.
2: And I was like, what you're just saying just made a thought pop in my head, like with, Donald Trump, you know, when you think of a large in charge male, you were going to think of someone that's like the alpha muscular, good looking type, which is kind of not the way Trump is. But I'm guessing people take his authoritarian, his strength from the fact that he has money.
6: He's big. He's tall. He's loud. He brags a lot. He the way he denigrates his opponents, little George Stephanopoulos, little Mark Rubio, uh, uh. Jeb Bush is weak. Ted Cruz is a pussy. Like he said all these things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's so primitive. You know, he's 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 doing this on such a basic primitive concrete level. So I think I think I think that's the appeal. He actually, you know, just really that's tries right. to accentuate, accentuate his largeness.
1: That's why it's working so well. <laughs> <laughs> he's
6: appealing Well, think about the, it. If there is a sector of if there is a sector of society that's more fearful, by nature, just mm-hmm. just in, in, you know, endogenously, bi- biologically, they're going to be drawn towards that kind of rhetoric. It's going to resonate emotionally in these very deep, very intuitive, primitive ways that they're probably not conscious of.
1: Well, I, I just can't wait to hear about roving bands of uh, right wing nutjobs that are just flinging feces at people in the
5: future.
0: <laughs> 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 I want to I want to go back and revisit the Michelle Bachman effect a little bit. It seems to me and and this is something that I noticed a long, long time ago that all of the female correspondents on Fox News are really really attractive, and there are not a whole lot of really attractive women to me anyway uh <laughs> in on the more liberal and end of the spectrum or on the more liberal channels like c n n or m s n b c it's it it has always struck me as kind of a you know a media package delivered in a really pretty wrapping like they they can say whatever awful things they want, but they're fun to watch while they're saying it. It's like uh a cheap, it's like a cheap bottle of wine that's put in an expensive looking bottle or has a really nice <laughs> label on it, right People don't really there have been studies that I've read recently where people don't really have uh the the sophisticated palate that they like to think they do when it comes to things <laughs> like wine. but if you put something in a in a expensive looking package it conveys a sense of worth that that doesn't necessarily relate to the product inside right like you can put a cheap ass Bottle of wine in a in a more fancy bottle or with a more fancy label, and people automatically like the taste of that wine more just because of the package.
6: Yeah, crystal. Star oh Podcast. yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, more attractive people climb up the corporate ladder more easily. Mm-hmm. They tend to make more money. There's an advantage to being attractive because people respond to that.
5: Oh yeah, Brad And big.
6: so sure, they're going they're going to maybe listen more intently if, if if whoever's talking to you is really attractive. That's intuitive. That makes sense.
0: Um, Another one of the things that you wrote says that as women gained control over their own reproductive destinies, the seemingly pernicious thought began to creep into the public consciousness that even for women, sex could be separated from reproduction and that freedom from pregnancy could unleash the women's biblical lasciviousness. And that seems to be another one of the themes that I've noticed, but I haven't seen it mentioned yet in the book. Um, The protection on or the projection onto others that they will be as bad or worse than those who are making these kinds of laws. Right. So that, that, you know, as, as people come into power who have been denigrated or, or subjugated for so long that if they were ever to rise to power, they would be just as bad as the people that have been oppressing them for centuries or millennia.
6: I, I think you were citing somebody that I cited and this was about the battle for, for, uh, you know, access to contraception mm-hmm. that uh started taking place um you know uh, all the way up until the 1960s in the United States. So there was there is this irrational fear like what's what's going to what's going to happen if women can control can ha- have access to birth control it's going to be disastrous.
1: God, it continues to this day with hobby lobby and stuff too. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, they oh, they yeah. I mean, it, it seems to be all about controlling uh, a woman's reproductive capabilities or or uh, not capabilities, but her reproductive needs that sure. they want to be the ones in control of that, that she shouldn't necessarily have say that she should turn to an authority for information on that instead mm.
1: of she doesn't have autonomy. Yeah, so that's that's yeah. to that be decided by the men of the group, you know.
0: Well, one, one, one
6: soundbite or idea that you hear over and over and over from conservative mouths that, that seems to be pretty enduring across the decades is that, you know, if women have access to, to contraception or even abortion, that w- what's going to keep them from cheating on their husbands? You know, what, what, you're taking away the punishment for extramarital sex,
5: um,
6: which would be God. an unwanted pregnancy or an STD. You hear that sentiment. So again, you know, trying to avoid cuckoldry. Forget about the fact that that, you know, contraception would would take away that threat in a literal sense. Um male jealousy evolved way, 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 way before there was any such thing as contraception. So so but it but it it's a threat in that sense. So the act of, of, of women's sexual freedom. Um or the, the thought of it would would be a, a threat to men, even even if access to contraception would would prevent actual cuckoldry, right? Where a man bears another another man's child.
0: One of the other things that you wrote, and and I really liked this bit, and I'll tell you why in a second. But it says that uh, birth control has, in some instances, become a symbol of the terrible perils of modern society, as when former Republican House Majority Leader Tom Delay linked birth control and evolutionary science to the Columbine High School massacre. Quote guns have little or nothing to do with juvenile violence the causes of youth violence are the teaching of evolution in the schools and working mothers who take birth control pills and my my note here says thanks for reminding me of why and when i first decided i really dislike tom delay
6: <laughs> yeah that's just preposterous isn't it and and it speaks to it speaks to this this uh need to sc- scare women away from sexual independence in that way. I mean, that's just, that's just astounding. That's just, that's just ridiculous. Don't you think?
0: (laughs) Oh Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. And, and kind of going back to the, you know, female conservatives and, and attractive people and everything you mentioned Ann Coulter, which of course she's conservative. I don't, I don't find her particularly attractive, but, uh, part of the book, oh, it's talking about her support for Donald Trump. And you have a quote in here from her that says, my worship for him is like the people of North Korea worship their dear leader, blind loyalty. Once he gave that Mexican rapist speech, I'll walk across glass for him. That's basically it. Yeah. And yeah, you know, she maintained that line of thinking until he lost his, his battle for the border wall. And right. then, then all of a sudden he's weak and pathetic and he's, you know, basically killed. Any chance at a at a second term for his presidency? How how easy is it to set conservatives against each other, and how can we exploit that?
6: <laughs> oh boy, uh, maybe I should get a maybe I should get a job as an analyst or something. I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think I think you would do great as a political analyst, being able to exploit all of these <laughs> all of these you know biological traits and things that a lot of people aren't necessarily aware of. Well, again,
6: it's 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 the fear sensitivity, right? I mean, what you're talking about among in Ann Coulter is the the rape fear she expressed throughout throughout her book. I mean, it's just it's just profound. But then you have you know a, a, a chest thumper like Donald Trump saying, "I'm going to protect you from the rapists. I'm going to protect yes. you from the Mexicans. I'm going to I'm going to pr- protect our territory literally by building a wall." You know, this taps. Into these ancient fears and these ancient impulses to to sidle up to to a large, powerful, loud male primate,
2: and, and now he's going to shut down an entire border, possibly over it.
0: Yeah, which is a oh, wholly ridiculous thing by itself. Yeah,
2: that's only like the ninth
1: time he's threatened to do that.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Um. Well, you've been ge- very generous with your time with us tonight. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to impart to us, our or our listening audience before we let you go? Boy,
6: you, you've you've covered a lot of important topics. Um, just go out and read the book. Oh, I should mention that uh, that for those who are fans of Alpha God, Seth Andrews recently did the the uh, the narration for the audio the audio version.
0: Oh, nice. Okay. I'll have to go yeah. and listen to it just because Seth has such a sultry voice. <laughs> he does a
6: fantastic job of, of bringing that to life. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Is he going to be doing this book as well? Uh, don't know yet. Hmm. We'll have to see if we can convince him. You're going to be at the American Atheist Convention, correct? I am, yeah.
6: Giving yes. a talk there.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, we'll see if we can we can wrangle him into a corner and get him to agree to do that. <laughs> um, I look forward to seeing you there, and 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 uh, listening to your talk, and visiting with you more offline and in real meats in meat space.
6: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Listen, I, I I really enjoy talking with you guys. It's always a lot of fun.
0: Well, thank you very much. I really appreciate it, Doctor Garcia. Uh, if people want to get in contact with you, what's the best way for them to do that?
6: Go to my website, Hector-Garcia.com.
0: Okay. I'll be sure to put a link to that as well as both of your books in the in the uh, notes for this episode. Thank you very much for joining. This, yeah. is, this has been a real pleasure.
6: Right on, man. Pleasure.
0: This is Matt Dillahunty and you're listening
4: to The Godless Revolution. I feel like I'm wasting my life in meetings like this. That's absolutely what's happening. But if it makes you feel any better, there's no way not to waste your life. The best you can do is find something you love and work so hard and so long at it that it eventually becomes something you mostly complain about.
6: If you have questions, comments, concerns, compliments, corrections, criticisms, or concepts for content, contact the show via email at godlessrevolution at gmail.com, by text or voicemail at 330 81 Rebel, or Twitter the Twatter at TGR Podcast. Thank you.
0: Well welcome back everybody. We uh, we have a couple of videos lined up that we'll that we'll play and and talk about for y'all. The first one is from Stephen Molyneux, who for regular listeners of the show, you know that I'm not a big fan of libertarians in the first place. Or Bar- and caps. Uh. Yeah. And this guy's just fucking he's always rubbed me the wrong way. And it was probably because I would have I would be in an argument with a libertarian online and they would, well, you should watch this video, and they'd post videos of this okay, stupid yeah. fucking guy. Ah, he was Jordan B. Peterson before
1: yeah. Jordan B. Peterson was the thing.
0: Yeah, yeah. He's he was he's hipster Jordan B. Peterson. Uh this comes to us from Right Wing Watch, it says Stephen Molyneux. White civilization is being pulled down because other races feel they can't compete. Stephen Molyneux, a self-described philosopher (laughs) who reaches hundreds of thousands of people on YouTube, told his audience yesterday that white people are demonized in society because other racial groups, quote, feel that they cannot match white people's achievements. Molyneux is at this point a well-documented white nationalist and a rampant plagiarist who interprets nearly every major news and cultural item as a warning about the supposed decline of white people. Despite this, high-profile figures in right-wing media continue to affiliate themselves with him, including Mike Cernovich and Diana West, which are another couple assholes. Hey, you two. Uh, have you declined at all in the last year or so? I mean, fellow white men? I mean, (laughs) (laughs) oh yes, my, my life is totally going to shit i have a leaking roof because of the fucking immigrant <laughs> caravan coming yes. from the three mexico's I still, got my, I
1: still got my job
2: i still don't get pulled over near as much um <laughs> and mm. last time i checked this country was pretty much not built on the backs of white people no no it was pretty much uh people we enslaved to come do all the work for well yeah us but we had and... to be smart enough to tell them what to do no but we paid them just had to be drunk some of them
1: kind (laughs) of yeah i
2: oh what they fed them sometimes (laughs) no i'm talking about the chinese people that built the railroad
1: you know we paid them and the irish
2: right right. yeah but then we told them not to fucking come back like here stay out here in the west and don't fucking come back to the east where we all live yeah place is a shithole anyway
0: i mean i'd
1: rather stay in california (laughs)
0: let's get to uh the video here from the jackass i've always hated this guy
3: so every culture every ethnicity every country has that choice they can look at some of the white achievements and say wow we we, you know that's good but we can do better fantastic wouldn't that be wonderful to have this leapfrog leapfrogging forward into freedom and liberty and the beauty of free speech and property rights and more markets and more charity, and, and wouldn't that be beautiful, more beautiful art? Wouldn't that be wonderful? But that's generally not what's happening. What's happening is that people are trying to pull down white civilization because, for whatever reason, they feel that they cannot match it.
1: Point of order. <laughs> Point of order. <laughs> uh-huh. Who invented paper, pasta, and gunpowder? Mm. Wasn't white people? Wasn't white uh, people? No. <laughs> uh, who invented math? Not white people. Not white people. Who de- who developed the concept of zero? You know, yep. no. not white people. <laughs> who invented the language of computer programming? Hmm. Again, not white people.
0: <laughs> yeah, this this whole idea that Western civilization built the modern industrialized world and blah blah. blah. No, that's not how it fucking works. And they didn't get there. Like, it wasn't that nothing existed and then white people arrived and they're like, we're going to do some great things. That's not how it fucking happened. We just got really good at colonialism. Yeah.
1: We just got really good at taking places over and taking their things as our own.
0: Stealing resources from
1: other people. And their ideas and their art and everything else. Yeah, (laughs) That's not to say that white people don't have their own kind of art style or anything like that. But we we're really fucking good at taking things from other countries. Oh yeah, you
2: know? <laughs> yeah. Well, it wasn't it a black woman who ran and built the computer and crunched all the numbers that made Apollo Eleven successful.
1: You're talking, talking Dorothy Vaughn, yeah. From, uh, Hidden Figures, um, yeah.
2: It's a t- well, it's a true story though. Well, she she did a lot
1: of that. She wasn't actually the computer programmer. She was one of the people that wrote up like she was one of the first to be recognized to do mission reports, and she did manual calculations to run against the ibm calculations that they had okay so i mean yeah it was black women and primarily just women in general that, that were doing computers the... back then so that
0: mm-hmm.
3: so were super good at that kind of yeah stuff. in the hurly burly competition of <sighs> the, <what>? year...
2: <laughs> the hurly
0: burly
1: competition <laughs> they're all hurly burly while they're playing their hurdy-gurdy i mean <laughs>
3: biped mammals. That is what is going on. And that's why the white race is continually being attacked. Not because it was evil, and there were certainly evil aspects to history as there was in all races and cultures. Hey, class. colonialism! <laughs> yeah. The achievements cannot be matched, let alone exceeded. Therefore, the statue must be cast down. What, uh,
2: wh-
0: what statue was he talking about? Uh,
2: I don't know if he's talking about class. I th- I thought he was going to do some homage to the Statue of Liberty or something. That's a woman. Um, the statue must be torn down. Is that what he said? I don't know. Yeah. But I just, like, it's
0: been a decade or more that I've been arguing with people, libertarians online about shit. And early on, I picked up on some subtle little cues that Molyneux was throwing out that I'm like, this guy's a racist piece of shit. <laughs> And you say that to any of his libertarian followers, says, no, no, he no, he's not at all. He believes in fairness and equality for everybody yeah. and meritocracy and blah, blah. No. Well, now we can see as time has progressed, he's just gotten to be even more of a fucking dickhead about yeah. this shit.
1: Oh, because the Overton window is just gone. Yeah. It's just fucking gone. There, yeah. there is no left anymore. Trump kicked open the <laughs> barn
0: doors on fucking racist and assholes all across the globe. And they, they feel empowered now to just say awful, really ridiculous, stupid shit all the time.
1: Though this makes me interested. This video was hosted on Vimeo. So I wonder if Molyneux still is on there on, on YouTube that
2: much. Well, Vimeo is a paid, is a paid service and, and you can put hmm. up a paywall on your stuff there. So it's not like it's a public hmm. thing. Hmm. Hmm. Maybe well, ideas videos. for the future. Yeah. <laughs>
0: hmm. Perhaps they should be alerted to the types of things that he's saying on their platform. Uh, the, the next <laughs> one we have, we, we decided we'd finish out the show with uh, firefighter prophet Mark Taylor. Love this guy. Because he's Awesome. Really? He's so fucking cool, dude. He's so dude. accurate every fucking time he dude, says something. And he has a direct pipeline to fucking God, man. A crack pipe is not the same God thing as a pipeline. God talks to this guy. He talks to this guy. And then this guy tells us what God told him. He's a fucking prophet, man. Modern day firefighter prophet. I don't know why you don't think this guy is super fucking cool, Ryan. He's a prophet. He's a firefighter. Yeah,
2: not all firefighters are cool as me. Oh, and uh, uh, after seeing this video... He has a
0: mustache.
2: Not as cool as mine.
1: <laughs> uh, I'm warning you guys right now, he's huh. all over the map on this video.
2: Oh, <laughs> sure. not, That's the way he normally is. It's like, you don't know what the fuck this guy's talking about.
0: <laughs> well, let's see. This also comes to us from Right Wing Watch. It says, justice is coming. Mark Taylor issues an alarming prophecy. I don't even want to read any of the text. I want to just jump right yeah, into the video because... <laughs> This should be a lot of fun. Well, I'm going to tell you the way we do this. <laughs>
4: I just tweeted out something today where the evangelical leaders will come against the president to try to stop him from issuing justice. And what they don't understand, and this will be a red flag for people, that if these evangelicals do this, they're not on heaven's agenda. They're not on heaven's frequency right now, period. <laughs> they're on Satan's frequency.
0: What Satan. frequency is heaven on? Is it like 77.7? What
2: oh, he's got gigahertz, a, megahertz. Yes. <laughs> That's to say, he's got to be at least 100.
1: What spectrum is this Tr- on? Are we, are we talking radio, hertz. visible light?
0: Ultraviolet. I mean, ultraviolet. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Brown note. I mean, because, oh. because I have been warning. God has been showing me for like over a year and a half now. He's been showing me that Jezebel is part of the uh, President's Spiritual Advisor Board. She-
0: why? Why does God always talk to dummies? Why is he saying
1: mean shit uh. about Paula White? I mean, <laughs>
2: <laughs> and, did he honestly just
1: get an attractive woman on here to nod at him well no i i like i especially love the fact that over mark's shoulder you he has a cue you can't see it right now because his head's blocking it but he has a cue on his shelf with the q and on oh, oh. he's he falls in deep with the liz Crokin folks so
4: president <sighs> spiritual visor board she, that spirit is operating on that board that there was a decision. I didn't yeah. quite know what the decision was at the time when I was saying this. When I went public with it,
1: because you're not privy to the conversation. There would be a decision the president
4: has to make, <laughs> and they will go against him. Basically, make it. it they'll say, "Well, it, it, that's not godly. It doesn't sound godly. It tastes godly or smell godly." When it, it doesn't <laughs> smell or like,
2: taste godly. I bet godly tastes like bacon. Oh, godly. Yeah, kind of vinegary. You so, know. <laughs>
1: a little salty. A little bit salty. You know. Hmm. The, br- the brain of the of the balls. I think, I think we managed to carom this into somehow talking about giving God head for some reason. I don't even remember. I had a few drinks that night and I don't quite remember what we talked about.
4: Yeah. Ew.
5: <laughs>
4: in fact, they'll try to sway the president in the wrong direction, basically, because they'll say it's not godly. But in fact, God is in it. This is God's justice on the earth right now. It will be fulfilled. Nothing will stop what is coming right now. But these evangelical uh, leaders will make it sound like that. Oh no, you're not doing God's work. We need to get along. We just need to, to just move forward with all of this stuff. You know, let the past be the past and let's move forward. Kumbaya. <laughs> no, you don't understand this guys. Justice is here. We've been praying for this for decades, including those that have gone before us.
0: Praying for what? I, I, Maybe I should have read the, some of the text justice, because like, you know, yeah. I don't know what the fuck he's talking about. Justice
2: for the for, baby eating and the... Yeah, for Anthony.
0: Oh, is he talking about, like, ultimate justice? The it, final solution? Oh, <laughs> no. I, no I, not. I, I think primarily he's doing the
1: QAnon thing where he's talking about how the mass arrests are going to happen and we're going to get all the Satan-believing pedophiles all rounded up and no one's going to stop them because God is not going to be swayed except by these evangelicals that are going to sway Trump some other direction.
0: <laughs> yeah, jeez.
4: But we are the ones that get to see this. And, if, and I'm going to issue a warning here. If you don't have a stomach, for justice.
0: You I'm glad he that up with like, something else instead yeah. of just if you don't, don't have a stomach. stomach. Like, I hope I got one. <laughs> I ate some pizza earlier. Don't you don't have a win. stomach.
4: I mean, you can go without a stomach. but For justice. You better get one quick. And you better get red-pilled quick. because red pill. Be suicides, Oh, which we
2: uh, <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> uh, I want to take the blue pill now. He went red pill
0: on
4: us. Yep. <laughs> because there will be suicides, which we all know are coming. We've already had some. There-
0: We've already had some? Like, uh, just a few. Uh, you um, know, a couple tens of thousands of people per year. Yeah. Most of them
4: religious. You
0: know? <laughs>
4: <laughs> there will be uh, people imprisoned for life, for treason, and there will be those <laughs> that will be executed for treason. So justice is coming. It's already here. It's already when? here right now. When is it's it going to fucking happen? It's going be served out on a massive scale. Well,
2: it's here already. So it's already happened, apparently. The the end
0: times preacher bullshit stuff like this, it's like, okay, you keep telling us that this shit is going to fucking happen. happen. Tell us when. when it, at what point can we stop looking forward for this thing to fucking happen? Is it going to happen after you die, within the next week, month, year, decade? When the fuck is this going to happen? Yeah, because I got plans. Well, he did say we've been praying for
1: decades now, so. What's another hundred years or so from now? (laughs) (laughs) Jesus was supposed to return a thousand years ago or more. Yeah. And
2: that that didn't happen either. Yeah. I thought he said to his disciples that he would return in their lifetime.
1: Yeah. Well, you see, the way they get around that is that there's some people that are immortal until Jesus comes back. Oh, okay. That makes sense. It's like the three Nephites. Is it the three Nephites or the three Lamanites? I can't remember which one that is.
2: This isn't like like Indiana
1: Jones. Is this Mormon thing? Yeah. Well, there's Mormons that believe this, but there's also Christians. And so they think that Cain is still wandering around as well. Oh, yeah. He's Bigfoot.
2: <laughs> Do you ever hear that theory?
0: Yeah. Really? He Cain, Cain is Bigfoot. Cain is Bigfoot. <laughs> oh, God. No, I haven't heard that. <laughs> yeah.
2: You've never heard there's that. Only there's, there's, only only one. One bigfoot, there's only one. There's only one Bigfoot. It's actually Cain. And it's actually and he's <laughs> Cain. And he's immortal. He can't die. And he's been like wandering. And so he just grows, he's just because he's so old he's grown a bunch of fucking hair. Yeah, and he's he's got really good at staying away from people and since he's been living that long. He just fucking forages, and he's and he's really why he, tall. Yeah, that's why you never find his body. Well, people used to be bigger back then. Land of the Giants.
0: Oh
1: yeah, <laughs>
2: he was a Nephilim. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I have heard it was actually one of the guys I work with. that heard it from someone else. Like, did you ever hear this fucking one? Fucking Kane is Bigfoot. I was like, what? I have never heard that. Yeah. There's I heard that reason. one a few
1: months ago. There's a reason the guy on Kung Fu's name was Kane. I mean, I mean, come on, think about it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> come on, think about it, guys. It just oh. takes a second. It's easy to it's figure bigger, out. It, it, you just have to believe. Gross. <laughs>
2: well, we we have like five minutes left if you want to find a video of someone saying Kane is fucking Bigfoot.
0: I don't know if I want to do that, though. <laughs> Let's see. Kane is Bigfoot. Can. Is Boogfoot. Can is Boogfoot. <laughs> that sounds like a delicious idea. Uh, Cain you know is I mean? Bigfoot. Oh, not, even Google's not, not even auto-completing no. no, yeah.
2: that.
0: Does Cain still roam the earth? And does this account for Well, oh, there's an
2: LDS one. LDS living. Is, is Kane Bigfoot?
0: Bigfoot the truth behind five <laughs> Mormon folklore stories? Oh God, we gotta look at that oh. one first. <laughs> This is from LDSLiving.com. Is Kane Bigfoot the story behind five Mormon folklore stories? I can remember. This is by Kate Ensign Lewis. I can That's remember. sign. Thank you very much. When, when <laughs> I, when I heard my very first Mormon myth, I was eight years old. Ah, the age of accountability. And one of my older sisters came to me and said, guess what? Steve Martin is a Mormon. She had heard from our cousins in Las Vegas about how he had gone on David Letterman and when asked about Mormonism replied, quote, that's a very private part of my life right now, end quote. It seemed legit enough to me, I started telling everyone in my small sphere, which was basically my friends and my valiant class, that the father of the bride star was LDS. I don't remember when I started to doubt the story, but years later I learned that the myth had started when a Mormon Tabernacle Choir Mormon member's son had written home saying he had baptized Steve Martin.
2: <laughs> Only different, different Steve
0: Martin. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> Only after this excited choir member had told his friends did he realize he had misunderstood. It wasn't that Steve Martin. But then the story <laughs> had spread like feathers in the wind. Because Mormons don't give a fuck about fact-checking yeah. or making sure what or they want to believe is true. Someone can have the same
1: name or using proper euf- euphemisms. Come on, man.
0: Quote: Storytelling is universal to the ho- to the human species. There's no tribe, no country anywhere that doesn't do it. Says Eric Eliason, professor of folklore at Brigham Young University. <laughs> <laughs> so, which well, part of the gospel? The of does he there. teach? Yeah. <laughs> but he adds, "quote." I can't help but wonder if there's something fundamentally oral and face-to-face <laughs> about the Mormon experience. Fundamentally oral? oral and dick-to-face about the Mormon uh. experience. <laughs> Here are five stories that have long been told as fact. See for yourself what's true and what's not. Mick- Number one. General Authority tells Mick Jagger about the gospel. Have you heard the one about the church leader who met J- Mick Jick Magger, on a plane and proceeded to have a lengthy conversation about morality and the church. In this story, Mick Jagger says he once took the missionary discussions, indicates that his music is, quote, calculated to drive kids to sex, <laughs> end quote, and loudly calls the leader a liar for preaching about the truthfulness of the gospel. The leader then chastises Mick for his own lies, bears testimony of the gospel, and calls him to repentance. Who? What? No! Who? Why? Why? why would he spend any time with that guy? Yeah, why would you like if if You're some Mick Mormon Jager. leader <laughs> Yeah, if some Mormon leader started bearing his testimony and then called me to repentance? Fuck you. And here here's the thing. Um I don't think Mick Jagger flew commercial. <laughs> <laughs> Listen for yourself in this recording of the story as related in an address given by Elder Gene R Cook to Rick's College in 1988. The story illustrates both a recognition of the church by the famous and the unwavering conviction of church leaders to the truth, even in it, in the most uncomfortable situation. Even now when he's lying. And that, that's, it that's says long, the Mick Jagger thing starts 21 at 21 minutes. minutes. I'm not even fucking, missing nope. That. <laughs> not going to happen. Number two, youth were generals in the <laughs> war of heaven. Of
2: course, that's a myth.
0: A favorite quote of those speaking oh. to truth attributed to President Boyd K. Packer, or one of the other brethren, goes something like this, quote, (laughs) You were generals in the war in heaven, and one day when you are in the spirit world, you will be enthralled by those you are associated with. Someone will turn to you and ask you which of the prophets' time did you live in, and when you say, Gordon B. Hinckley, (laughs) a hush will fall over every hall and corridor in heaven, and all in attendance will bow at your presence. Why, in regards to this statement president- pa- President Packer has said quote, "I did not make that statement. <laughs> I do not believe that statement. The statement on occasion has been attributed to others of the first presidency and the twelve. None of the brethren made that statement
1: no, because everybody was a general in the war for heaven, <laughs> except oh, the black people because they were <laughs> they couldn't be generals the... until nineteen
0: seventy eight yeah, there you go." <laughs> Number three. This is the one we were looking for. Bigfoot is Cain. There may be, f- there may be more to fear from Bigfoot than the fact that he's big and hairy. Some say that the legendary North American woodland ape is Cain. <gasps> well, we call him a quidgy bow, but. <laughs> there's, though there's no way to prove or disprove this particular tale, knowing the source of the legend can shed some light on why this conclusion has been made. Abraham Smoot recorded the following <laughs> early, after early church apostle David W. Patton described an encounter he had with Cain in 1835. Jesus Christ. <laughs> as I was riding along the road on my mule, I suddenly noticed a very strange person walking beside me. His head was about even with my shoulders as I sat in my saddle. He wore no clothing but was covered with hair. His skin was very dark. I asked him where he dwelt, and he replied that he had no home, that he was a wanderer in the, on the earth, and traveled to and fro, He said he was a very miserable creature, and his mission was to destroy the souls of men. As walking next to him. Yeah, my job's
1: kind of like just tormenting people.
0: Yeah, you know how it
2: goes. Fucking hairy dude with no clothes. I gotta corrupt people. Maybe he was just a drunk guy leaving the bar that his dog died, his wife left, him, and he's trying to become a country star. Well,
1: that was right around the time <laughs> that the Mormon church was heavy into, do- like, dosing people with
0: psilocybin. Mm. Oh. <laughs> well, and I wonder, like, if he's covered with hair, how does he know that his skin was very dark? Good. A face? I don't or, Well, you know, because only
1: the dark things are evil. His, <laughs> oh. his palms were very dark. Fucking yeah. old Mormons. God.
0: This entry was included in Spencer W. Kimball's The Miracle of Forgiveness, which was originally published in nineteen sixty nine in nineteen eighty sightings of the legendary Bigfoot were reported in South Weber, Utah. Members made connection with these sightings to Patton's story of Cain effectively beginning the tale. Reeve believes Mormons used this story to connect an unexplainable event with proof that the stain the stains that the saints are doing a good job. Quote, when Satan sends Cain against Mormons, they think, we must be on the right path, or Satan wouldn't bother sending in his most evil hordes against us.
2: Oh, aren't hordes, like, more than one? E- yes. Well, you know, it's okay. just like kung fu movies.
1: You you send them one at a time, single file. Oh, uh, right. <laughs> you
2: know? And the rest of the time, they just kind of
1: stand there kinda and look menacing. The background, yeah.
2: <laughs> so, like, since he, so they'll send a horde, yeah. but you have to fight them one at a time. Mm. Well, but so. since Cain Bigfoot is like immortal then when you kill him does he just like respawn somewhere else he's like fuck i gotta walk back there again (laughs) i think wolverine's cane is bigfoot wolverine's
0: cane (laughs) oh right right well we found the bigfoot thing (laughs) that's all we cared about i think i think we're running over time a little bit here yeah but uh before we go i want to thank you x for joining us this evening oh it's been a blast lovely having you on the show again always good to see you uh, before we go, I want to make sure that we thank our Patreon
2: supporters. That would be Alan Firth. New Mania. Oh, Christy Kalbach. <laughs> <laughs> I love doing that. <laughs> Gafiest. Larry Wilson. Steven Andrus. Let them eat Covfefe. Two skeptical chaps. Michael, I'm
1: blind Whoa. here.
2: Short? Michelle Short. Me, Michelle Short. Sorry. I need to make
1: this bigger for you. I'm blind and deaf.
0: I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make this bigger for you.
1: Michelle Short. Is that better? Yeah, that's better. Okay. Vanessa. Freethinker 215. Oh, you guys haven't got his new name. Has he
0: updated his patron to you oh. guys? Oh, oh, shit, yes. <laughs> Let me, I actually, I noticed
1: By that. reading this aloud, I agree to give Freethinker 215 a free blowjob.
2: Oh, is, is that, that what the, it no, is? Okay.
0: <laughs> okay. That, that is what I thought. It's, I forgot to update it. Uh, Sorry, Freethinker 215. But, uh, uh, you know, that's we'll blow you next week. Chris, Chris has got you covered. Her ex has got he, you covered,
1: too. Because he changed it on mine, and I'm like, motherfucker. And I shared it to the guys, and they're like, well, he just quickly became our best fan. <laughs> and Kyle was
0: like, oh, I don't think that's a binding contract. <laughs> I don't think he can hold us legally responsible for that. Uh, Captain Samples, did we do that one already? Not yet. Okay. Uh, Utah Outcasts, Janet Uter, Marius kott
1: Wesley Aaron, Andrew Vodovich,
2: Angelica Pearson, <laughs> Jeremy Goodson,
1: Brandy Hamrick, Megan Kennedy, The Thaz, Jeff Peterson,
5: I remember Jesse that guy. Jesse
0: Pointer, Savita Kuna, Purple Dragon, and Taylor Green. Thank you all very much. I really appreciate it. Uh, if you would like to become a Patreon patron, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash godlessrevolution. We can pledge as little as $1 per episode, and then you get a bunch of other fun stuff. uh, Extended shows, clips from the cutting room floor, sometimes extra episodes, bonus shit. Maybe we'll do something live someday. We
2: need to do something special for our Patreon guests.
0: Yeah. We'll We'll figure it out. We will. And we have some cutting room floor for you. Cutting room floor stuff for you Just this evening. Just the scraps. After after all of this ends, <laughs> you'll you'll hear the hoo hoo gold cutting room floor. Drop in i may I may have, I may have farted
1: just a little bit I, ago. I, so. caught, I caught that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you, you got that? I'm, am I? It's good that I'm farther away from Ryan at this point.
2: I'm just going to lean back in my chair a little bit. I, I looked away from Chris and I, or X, and I, I snickered just a little bit. <laughs> as long as you don't trot to the
1: bathroom
0: afterward, you're all right. Oh, I'm good. It ain't squishy. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, that'll wrap things up for us this evening. And so until next week. Crucify those primitive conservatives.
2: Leave a review to five.
5: Leave a review to. And pray. I
1: win! Pray five times towards Bigfoot. (laughs) Yay,
2: Kane. (laughs) Yay, Kane.
0: And leave a review to achieve streaky underwear. There we go. <laughs> oh, you wanna you, you go you want to do it? And I can
2: fuck it. This sounded good at the end anyways. <laughs> okay. I'll I'll run it. I'll run it like that then. I'm gonna do it. Oops. Oops, we do it live. I fucking Blood remembered stripes. I
0: remembered to have something <laughs> And I, and I you didn't, didn't I didn't. This is your first failing though. I've failed like every, every fucking every... week. <laughs> All right, everybody, thank you very much. Goodbye. Bye.
2: What are you doing over there, Ryan? (laughs) I'm dropping stuff. (laughs) Trying to
0: be smooth. (laughs) I didn't drop anything. What are you talking about?
1: Oh, that's okay. I'm I'm just glad this time I haven't
2: dropped a beer on the fucking table. (laughs) It's only when you're trying to be smooth about something that you like, fuck it up royally. God, God damn it.